Welcome to All Things Health and Abundance podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss different health and abundance related issues and come with real tips and advice. Today we're going to talk about healthy habits. What are healthy habits? Why are they sometimes difficult to implement? What are the main principles of healthy habits and how can we go around implementing them in our everyday life? This and much more is what we'll be discussing today. And today with me is Heather Bibi. Heather is a certified holistic health coach who specializes in mindset shifts that lead to lasting change. She helps individuals create personalized health plans that integrate nutrition, lifestyle changes, stress management, and mindfulness practices. Her goal is to empower her clients to take control of their health and find balance in their lives. I'm really happy to have you here with us today, also because I myself have noticed that even though I feel so good when I'm implementing healthy habits in my life, I still slip up and make unhealthy choices from time to time. So can you maybe start by telling us a bit about what you work with? And my business is Rebelistic Wellness. Um, it's the words rebel and holistic together because I believe that when we choose to take a holistic approach to our health and wellness, it requires a certain amount of courage. We're a lot of times go against what we're taught from childhood on up. We're going against what society, the majority of society is doing. We're not, you know, taking a pill for everything. We're choosing to get to the root of the issue. And essentially that leads us to living a much healthier, happier, more balanced life. We're actually taking care of the root problem, right? Instead of just putting a bandaid on it. And when we choose to live that way, and, and I'm talking physically, I'm talking mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of the aspects of our lives come together in a really beautiful way. But you do have to, you set yourself up, possibly come up against some rejection or some judgment because not everybody understands. You know, a lot of people aren't mm-hmm. making those same holistic choices. And so that's where the rebel yeah. part comes in, right? You're channeling your inner rebel and you're choosing to do what you know is best for you regardless. That's so powerful. Thank you. Yeah. I believe so strongly in living according to our values, living according to what lights us up. Like we're given this life to to shine and do big things. And how can we do big things if we're not even caring for our body and our soul and our spirit? And, and that's it starts what, with us. It does. We're taking care of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And, and we show up better for everybody else when we are taking care of ourselves and that's a mindset shift too because especially as women it's ingrained in us to care for everyone else you know we take care of our kids we take care of our families we work we do all these things and we make sure everyone and everything else is taken care of a lot of times before we're really making sure that we're taken care of and i love to work with women around this because Seeing self-care and and self-love as a priority and as a requirement can make that mindset shift. We end up showing up better for ourselves first, and therefore we're going to show up better and stronger for our families, for our work, for the people that we are, you know, so love so much. Just kind of sharing that message is what, what I am really, really passionate about doing. What would you say to someone, to a mom, for example, who says, oh yeah, I hear you, but I don't have time for that. Because who will do everything else? Who will do all the chores, taking care of the kids and everything that has to be done? At the end of the day, I don't have time to care for myself. Yeah. What did you tell them? That's an excellent question. I'm glad you asked that because I get asked that a lot by the clients and the people that I work with. So what I do is we we take a deep look at their life. What's going on in your life? We 
what do you do as a parent? What do you do for work? What, you know, are you a working parent that works outside the home? Are you solely in the home, which is a job in itself? We all know that. And it's it's really a matter of priorities. But sometimes when we're in the moment and we are living that life of being that parent or being that housewife or being whatever our roles are, we hard to see when you're on the inside living it. It's easier to have somebody come from an outside perspective, give you all you know, some different perspectives that you might not see, some some ways that you can shift and space mm-hmm. and shift some priorities around. So it's not saying your family is no longer your priority, your work is no longer your priority, but how can I shift some things and make some space? You know, it's like when you're filling a jar with, let's just say, rocks, okay? You're putting some rocks in a jar. And you put some in and you think you filled it up and you, you don't think you have space for any more. You shake it a little, they rearrange, they adjust. And it's like, oh, I have some more space. That's not the same analogy, but that's kind of the idea. It's like, okay, I, I don't have any more hours in the day, but how can I shift and rearrange? And sometimes when we start to look at it that way, we see things that are taking up time, taking up energy in our lives that actually don't mean that much to us. And it's not our family and it's not, you know, the things that are nearest and dearest to our hearts. But sometimes there are things, little things that are taking up space and we realize, okay, so if I'm going to eliminate something from my life, if I really care about living a life that allows me time and space for for me and for things that I'm passionate about. Sometimes we have to let some things go. And Mm -hmm. when we look on the surface, we don't always see where that is. We think, well, there's nothing I can let go. But when we start digging in, we realize, oh, man, I spend a lot of time doing this or I spend a lot of time, you know, I can shift my day. I can shift my energy in this way to create 15 minutes here, 20 minutes there, an hour there. And it does start to come together. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes very much sense. Yeah. So it's about awareness, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much about awareness and self-worth, valuing Mm -hmm. yourself, valuing who you are. And speaking to, to moms especially, you know, it's it can be really easy when we have our children to almost let a part of ourselves go, like almost lose our identity in a way. And and identity can quickly shift to, well, I'm I'm a mom. That's who I am. When in fact we that is a part of who we are. Yes, it's a very big part, but we are still so there's so many other parts. And it can be a juggling act of how do I hold on to these parts of me that are really special and really light me up while still being the best mom that I can. And that's why I am passionate working with women specifically because I want to help women hold on to that. I want to help women prioritize their health and wellness. And show them that it's possible to do that without letting go of their children, without being less of a mom. It's still possible to do that. That's so nice to hear this. I remember when I became a mom, Mm -hmm. I remember actually thinking and sometimes even saying out loud that I had lost myself. Yeah. It took a while to find again myself because if I can explain it like that it took a while like starting slowly implementing different things different things that I used to do before I became a mom different practices but it wasn't an easy job no no and it sounds like that was something that you had to consciously make a decision to do right Oh, it wouldn't have been done otherwise. It is just easier to to forget yourself and just do everything else what is needed to be done. Yeah. So what I'm curious 
how did you do that for yourself? Like what were some things that you did to kind of bring yourself back to you? It was about making a conscious choice, even when I didn't want to do that. Mm -hmm. For example, I let go of my yoga practice when my son was just born because I just didn't have the time for that, I thought, or the energy because I didn't care about what I was eating. I would eat easiest things, which are not the healthiest. And then I started becoming aware of that, becoming aware of actually not buying certain things at all in order to remove that temptation. Mm -hmm. And then I just started practicing 10 minutes of yoga just 10 minutes here and there and sometimes even in front of my son and it's funny because now he practices too like i see him doing downward dog (laughs) and other yoga postures it's a it's a lot of fun and i assume it's because you see me once in a while doing these things and then i started thinking okay what if i make this into fun because I realized that I was so stressed about having to manage everything. And that was so unhealthy for me and for him, actually. But it took a while. It took a while, I have to say. It does. I love that we're talking about habits and you're sharing this story because that's exactly your perfect example of someone building healthy habits. It starts with that consciousness and that awareness. And if you don't have the awareness that something needs to change or something can change, that there's the possibility of change, then you won't, you won't take the steps to make it. So you wanted to get back to your yoga practice. You wanted to bring back in these elements that make, add so much to your life and start, that's where it starts. That's where anything starts. And you talked about your food choices and, you know, choosing to eliminate the foods that you didn't want in your life anymore. Like it's, it all starts with those little choices and, and then it can, if we can make that shift from, this is something that I have to do to, this is something that can be fun. And how can I include my son in this? And how can I, you know, bring this into my life in a fun way. It doesn't have to be a drudgery. And I think that's sometimes where we go wrong too, but it's okay to take, and this is something I encourage. It's okay to make those really small changes. We can go wrong really early on when we are creating new healthy habits because we take on too much too soon. So we we are very eager and we want to do everything. And then what happens then? we will likely end up failing. That might last for a short period of time, but it's not sustainable. If somebody wants to become a runner, okay, I'll just use that as an example. If somebody wants to become a runner and maybe their ultimate goal is to run a 5k, it's like, I've never run a 5k. I want to be, I want to, you know, be able to run the whole thing and not have to walk any part of it. You don't just go out tomorrow and run that 5k you have to take steps to build up your strength if you've never been a runner maybe your first step is literally buying the right shoes (laughs) (laughs) yeah sometimes it's making sure that you're setting yourself up for success do you have the proper tools and equipment and it doesn't have to cost a lot of money that can be another hang up too is well I can't do it until I have this and this and this and this no it's like have the basics have what you need to get started right now and then the rest will come with time but make sure you have the basics what you need right now make sure your environment to this new healthy habit that you're wanting so back to your story you wanted to change the way you ate so you started by getting rid of the foods that no longer served you that's preparing your environment right so oh yeah yeah i hadn't thought about it in these terms i just knew i didn't want sugar yep so i made it difficult for myself to find sugar around the house and that's exactly that's That's one of the most important steps is, is removing the things that are going to be your biggest temptation or the biggest Mm -hmm. obstacle and not thinking of it because they are bad necessarily, but rather that they don't serve your highest purpose. They don't serve your end goal. 
and make it harder, more difficult for them to find their way to you. And and this is something that I, I tell my coaching clients all the time is you have to make it difficult to obtain that thing. And you have to make it somewhat inconvenient. If you make the, the things you want to let go of, if you make them inconvenient, and the things you want more of, you make them more attractive, mm-hmm. then you're going to, it's going to draw you in that direction of that better thing. So it's a lot of mindset games, if you will, but we tend to think of habits as something we have to do. And actually, it's something we become. It's taking on an identity. We are changing identity and we have the power to do that. And that back to what you said earlier, when you said it's about awareness, 100% right. It's about awareness because it is, I am aware that I am this right now. I, I have been this person that maybe eating more sugar than I want, or I am this person who is mm-hmm. not as active as I want to be or whatever it is. And I am going to become the person who eats like this. And so you have to think about, okay, if I want to eat better and I want to be active and I want to have a mindfulness practice or whatever it is you want to do, really have to start thinking like that person. And so for a bit, you might feel like you're pretending. You won't feel like you are that person yet, but Mm -hmm. you have to go through that process of taking on that identity. So back to the person that wants to become a runner, they have to start thinking like a runner. Well, what would a runner do? Well, they would probably run every day. And so where can you start? Get the equipment and run, even if it's half a mile, even if wherever you have to start, that is where you start. But you don't become the best by not starting at all. Yeah. And And fake it till you make it, right? You do. And as you do that, as you, as you start running that, you know, half a mile or whatever, it gradually becomes more and more. And you are gradually becoming that identity. You are becoming that person who does that thing. Your identity is shifting. So I like to use the example of some of a smoker who wants to smoke, you know, that, cause that's such a, mm-hmm. that's a very distinct example. So if you want to quit smoking, you have to think, well, what are those times that I crave that cigarette? What are those times that I really want that thing? And would the person, what would the non-smoker do at those times? Okay. And replacing those times when that trigger or that, you know, craving is so strong. What is something healthier that I can put in its place? So it's like with a child, if a if a child is playing with something that they shouldn't play with that's dangerous for them. We don't just rip it out of their hands and say, that's bad for you. You can't have it. Mm-hmm. We're going to gently take it and we're going to replace it with something that's safe for them. So yeah. Habits. So it's about removing the triggers or actually it's changing the triggers. Yes. Instead of just ripping something away from yourself, like, okay, I can no longer have this. What can I have instead? And someone, again, who is trying to give up smoking and maybe I really look forward to that early morning smoke. What is something I can do in that place? that can help me, you know, have something, a better have a better activity in that time to replace what I'm trying to get rid of. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, instead of just some, some shifts in perspective, some shifts in mindset that can help us make those initial steps. And again, keeping them small, we start with one. So I always recommend, I always recommend having three goals and I recommend having a goal around nutrition, a goal around movement, and a goal around mindfulness. And 
what is your end goal that you want to achieve? Um, and, and that can be something like, well, I want to cooking more at home or what, I want to tone up my body. I want to build more muscle, you know, or I want to have a mindfulness practice every, every day. So those might be your end goal, but you're not going to get up tomorrow and start implementing those every day and be successful, right? So mm-hmm. it's like, how do we take that end goal and break it down into baby steps? And this is something that I help people do because ultimately we don't want to just create habits that happens once in a while. We want to create a lifestyle, right? So yeah, it is setting those end goals and then breaking them down into, like I said, baby steps and thinking about it in uh, what's one thing I can do today to start reaching that end goal. And again, nothing is too small. Okay. Every, any change we make towards that end goal is the right move. It is the right change. And if we look at it big picture, we're going to, we're going to stop. We're going to get discouraged. We're going to, oh my gosh, but I want to be here and I'm only right here. That's okay. One step closer than you were yesterday. So if your end goal in nutrition is to cook more healthy meals at home instead of eating out as much, then it might be, well, this week I'm just going to buy more fresh fruits and veggies and cut them up and have them ready. That might be Mm -hmm. the step that I take this week. That might be the step that I need to take for the next three weeks because maybe that's all I can take on right now. And then pretty soon that one step is going to become a habit in itself. So now I am someone who buys my fruits and veggies and I cut them up each week. Okay. So then, okay, what's something I can add on to that? And okay, so maybe this week I'm going to start now making my dinner three nights, you know, and yeah. so you start there and then pretty soon that becomes a habit. Okay, I am now somebody who cooks dinner three nights a week when before I didn't cook at all, you know. So you slowly start becoming this person who does these things and you don't do it overnight, but happens in baby steps. And start that small, before you know it, you have transformed who you are. And we can do that in any area of our life that we choose to. So starting small, is there anything else we can do to avoid fallbacks? Because that's, I think, the main issue. I was uh, listening to this video from Joe Dispenza saying that after the age of 35, your ways are pretty much set, Mm -hmm. becomes Mm -hmm. more difficult. Yeah, it becomes more difficult to change any type of habit. So is there something we can do to avoid fallbacks? First of all, it's important when we're going into any kind of habit forming to give ourselves some grace and some space Mm. for some slip ups. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) So it's normal. So it is normal. And matters is that When we slip up, okay, so let's use your example of when you were trying to cut out sugar. Did you ever have a time when you had sugar, when you, when you removed it from your house, was there ever a time when you had it? I'm curious, first of all, if you did, and then when you did, what was your response to yourself? Yeah, of course I did. (laughs) I mean, it's sugar. Sometimes you just feel like it. I've bought something with sugar. Yes like an ice cream or something. But to be honest, I didn't think a lot about it Mm -hmm. because it was one thing, right? That I just bought on the way when I was going for a walk, for example, with my son. So I just got an ice cream, but that's it. It's not like I had six ice creams waiting for me in the freezer. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's a good example. And I love the way you did respond. I was curious because some people... It can be common to to kind of beat ourselves up or, you know, be like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? You know, I feel mm-hmm. so good. So I love that you didn't go that way. I love that it's like, no, I made a conscious choice to have this treat and enjoy it. Like, 
enjoy it. It's a treat. It's not something that I have all the time now, right? And Mm -hmm. that's okay. That's actually a really healthy way. So when we look at slip-ups, we look at them as, well, okay, well, now I slipped up and I had this thing or I did this thing. And so screw it. I might as well just not, I'm just going to stop because I've already failed. You know, if you look at it as a failure, then we're probably not going to get back on track. So we have to look at it as, okay, I I did this thing, I made this choice, and now I'm going to get back on track. So we have to just remind ourselves that, that we can, we can get back on, and that it's also okay to sometimes not. <laughs> yeah. So just be kind to ourselves. We forget that. We are kind to everyone else, but we forget to be kind to ourselves. Yes. It's like if a kid is learning to ride a bike and they are falling off over and over and over and over again, we don't tell them, you stupid idiot, what are you doing? You know, you're never going to learn to ride this bike. We don't talk like that to to a child that's learning and they're falling and they're falling and they're falling. We tell them, it's okay. Get back up. Try again. It's okay. You've got this. And then guess what? One day they do. And one day they mm-hmm. do got it. And it becomes such a part of them that they never forget how to do it again. Same thing with habits. You know, we are going to fall off. We are going to. And if we go into it, knowing that, not using that as an excuse, but understanding that falling off is a part of building that habit then we are going to be more likely to get back on track and eventually falling off becomes less and less and we conscious about how and when we fall off. So I'll use the example of going to the gym. You know, the gym is something that lights me up. It gives me so much joy, something I do early in the morning. I love it. I love it. I love it. I wasn't always that way. There was a time when I could talk myself out of going. It was really easy to be like, oh, I don't want to go today. Uh, and I'll, I'll go tomorrow or I'll pick it up next week. There is a time where you have to be really consistent, 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 consistent. And the more consistent you are, you get to a point where that just becomes so much who you are, that you then can miss a day and it's not changing your commitment to it, if that makes sense. You're able to go on vacation and have those treats. You're able to go to an event and, you know, have these things, do these things that aren't normally right in line with that habit, but it doesn't throw you off for good. And yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, all about grace and space to ebb and flow with life as it happens and allowing that and, and consciously choosing how those things fit in, consciously choosing when you, when you deviate, if you will. Mm-hmm. I understand. Because after all, a habit is something we have done so many times mm-hmm. That we have gotten used to that, that becomes natural to us. So basically, if we do something, a good habit, many times, it will become natural, like your gym example. Yeah, it will. Okay. What are some health, some healthy habits to implement and how can they affect our lives? So I will kind of go back to what I said earlier. I, I always advise choosing those three goals in those three areas. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a habit. Choose a habit that you want to build around mindfulness. Choose a habit you want to build around nutrition. And choose a habit that you want to build around movement. And you, if you start with those three areas, you're touching on, there's a lot included in that, right? So, and then when we are breaking those down into um, those smaller steps, You might literally be doing something like drinking more water every day. You might be doing something where you get up in the morning and instead of scrolling on social media or scrolling on your phone, you're spending the first 15 minutes of your day reading or in meditation or writing in a gratitude journal. And you might spend, you know, the first 15 minutes of your day walking or 
getting fresh air and sunlight, opening your windows and welcoming in the day. So again, mindfulness, nutrition, and movement, those three components, starting, setting a goal for those three things, and then starting every day with one small step or each of those areas. And that's ultimately what I recommend to all of my clients to start establishing that healthier lifestyle that you want to establish, you know, mm-hmm. it's, and it's important to look at all three of those areas, not as, not as a, an overwhelming, you know, feeling of, oh my gosh, this is so much to do, but like, they all go hand in hand, right? So if we are taking care of our minds and we're taking care of our bodies, they are connected. And to feel, to really improve our health and our, our well-being through healthy habits, it's important to look at all of the, the different components and be building them simultaneously. And, and it, it doesn't have to be a lot of work. It's really easy steps like I've already laid out but just those conscious choices is what it comes down to does that answer your question yeah like when someone has started on that road of implementing healthy habits on the level of the mind body soul how does that heal their life and heal their body have you seen any kind of transformation yes I would say the biggest transformation that somebody comes away with as they implement these things they gain a sense of empowerment so we mm-hmm. tend to play victim not on purpose uh, we don't we don't wake up and go I'm going to be a victim to life today but it happens you know we we like to blame life we like to blame other people we like to blame our circumstances for why we are the way we are, when in fact we hold all of the power. We Mm -hmm. hold all of the power. We do not have to remain in any state that we are in. So if we are someone too much sugar, that's our choice. If we are someone who doesn't move our body and we stay on the couch and we don't do a whole lot, that's our choice. Everything is our choice. And yes, there are circumstances that are we have no control of. There are things that people do to us or say to us that we have no control of. But we do have control of how we show up and how we perform. So when somebody makes a choice to implement healthy habits and they go through the steps creating those habits, becoming the person that is that thing, that does that thing, when they change their identity and they become that thing, that healthier being, they are taking their power back. They are saying, care that I once was. I once was somebody who too much sugar. I no longer am. I am making a different choice. I don't care that I once was or that this person that my mom fed me fast food my whole life. I don't have to be that anymore. I don't get to make a choice, letting go of something and taking on something else. And as you take your power back in the way you live your life, in the habits that you choose, you will heal. Your body will heal. Your mind will heal. And it's a ripple effect as we, so let's say somebody starts implementing a mindfulness practice. Let's say somebody starts with 15 minutes of meditation a day, okay? And they start to see the effects of that in their life. They start to feel calmer. They start to feel more centered. They start to uh, respond differently to stressful situations. They start to think differently about themselves. It just happens. You start to think differently about yourself. This is where it makes that shift into self-care. Then it becomes, okay, I feel better. I'm thinking better. I'm thinking clearer. I'm feeling, you know, more alive. I think I'm going to change up the way I eat. I think I'm going to start eating more fresh fruits and veggies. I think I'm going to start 
you know, going to the farmer's market and start with that connection into your nutrition and your diet starts to change. And then it's like, mm-hmm. now I'm feeling good in my gut. My gut is feeling healthier. I'm feeling better. I think I'm going to start walking every day. I think I'm going to start stretching. I think I'm going to start a yoga practice. And then you start even the movement. So you don't have to start with, it doesn't matter which one you start with, but it is all connected. It doesn't matter where you start. If you start healing and improving one part of your body, the benefits will have a ripple effect in every area of your life and your mind will heal and your body will heal and your soul and your spirit will heal. And you start to get a heightened sense of self-worth and deserving. And, and that's a big part of it too, is feeling just knowing that you deserve that. You deserve mm-hmm. the best health and the best, strongest body and spirit that you can have. Like you deserve it. You end up living a conscious life instead of just living on autopilot. When we live on yeah. autopilot, we we fall into illness. We, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm eating this way and it's making me sick. And then I'm going to you know, do what I can to get better. And just, it just becomes this like, you're coasting through life without any conscious awareness, your choices and what you're doing and what's going on in your body and what's going on in your mind. And we're sick and we don't know that we can do anything about it. And it's like, no, I don't want to live on autopilot. I want to be consciously healthy and heal myself and I think a big thing too is back to that power thing you have more power than you realize you Mm -hmm. if something is wrong in your body start seeking answers if something is wrong in your mind start seeking answers like there what foods should I be eating for this what herbs or plants can benefit this you know how can I Tap into my body's ability to heal, my mind's ability to heal. We have the power. The body and the mind are very, very wise, and they have the ability to heal themselves, but we have to know what tools to tap into to do that, and it starts there. You don't have to know how. Just know that it's possible. If you know and you believe that it's possible to heal, then you will start to seek how do I do that, right? Seeking is always first that awareness and then seeking and the answers will come. And you start with one small step because everything is phonetic. Yes, everything is connected and and it doesn't matter. There's no right answer to what that one small step is. That one small step can be whatever feels right for you today. That one small step literally can be drinking more water getting up earlier and giving yourself 15 minutes for reading. You know, it can be literally one small step and that leads to many more small steps. And all of those small steps together create the lasting habit, create that new identity that you have consciously decided you want to take on. Wow. And it makes sense because if you take that one small step and you make it into a habit, then it means that you are conscious about it and that will spread. It's amazing. Yes. I was listening to this book from Tony Robbins. Yeah. Who explains how he used to work with smokers. He would basically make them smoke so much in such a short period of time that they would get disgusted by it. To the point that they were like, no, please don't make me smoke. And he's like, okay, you don't want to smoke? Okay, fine, don't smoke. Now light four cigarettes, now light six cigarettes. And then when they were totally disgusted by it, he would bring them out in fresh air. And he, he was saying that this would work because they would then substitute yeah. the bad behavior of smoking with the good behavior of getting fresh air. For me, this is really bringing it to the edge. But uh, yeah, Tony Robbins is like, in my opinion, is not someone that plays in the middle ground. Yeah. So what do you think of this method? So my personal opinion is that 
that could work. I think there's multiple ways to, to work with habits. I think it's very individual. So there are people who would probably really thrive on that approach and do really well on that approach. So I think it's all about, you know, who is the person that is guiding you? So your mentor, your coach or whoever, and Mm -hmm. your personality too, like, is that something that will work for you? Because again, we're all individual. So I can think of people that I would hesitate to tell them to do that because I don't see it working so well. Mm -hmm. I also think it depends on the habit, you know, what is the habit that you're trying to break? So certain habits could fall really well into that method. It's like, I'm not sure if I would do that for binge eating or something. You know, if somebody's trying to break no. <laughs> <laughs> make them sick by eating so much. I, I like that method. That's really interesting. I think what it comes down to is the mentor that's guiding you through it, your personality and your ability to, to benefit from that particular method and then the habit that you're trying to break. So it all depends. Yeah, that's my personal opinion. I think it all depends. And because that's not going to be my approach to coaching somebody, not because I think it's bad. I think it's brilliant, actually. But it's just okay. style. It's not my yeah. style to work I understand. With. So Tony Robbins is going to attract people. Those clients, yes. Yeah, he's going to attract. And that's the beautiful thing about coaches and mentors and therapists and doctors and all these different people is everybody has a different approach and a different way of working with people. And that kind of establishes your level of magnetism and and you attract in the people that will work best with you is what I believe. Like I am an Ayurvedic therapist and when I would work with clients because I wanted to give them as much as possible in the shortest amount of time. Mm -hmm. I remember giving them this huge list of things that they had to implement in their life. They would start with everything and then after a while when I would check up on them They were kind of not doing anything anymore. So now I understand because maybe I was too eager to give a lot of tips (laughs) and they would implement everything instead of just giving one thing right? and then another one, like really slowly. So now I can, uh, I can see the perspective. Yeah. And you know, I think even with that, like some people do well taking it all on at once. So yeah. you probably had some people that you worked with that really thrived, though, on, on that method. And, you know, I think I like that myself, like maybe starting slowly and then I just take everything uh-huh. and then continue. So maybe I just mirrored that to my clients. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. I think that we we tend to coach or help in a way in the ways that have worked for us. And that's okay. Like that's what we're here for is to, it's our largely our personal experiences that form the guide that we are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So I don't think that's a bad thing at all. How do we recognize the triggers that lead us to bad habits and what can we do about that? I love that you asked that, that part. I have a whole module in, one of my programs on habit building and part of what we dig into is the why, right? The why behind why we do the things that we do. How, where did these habits come from? We didn't just wake up one day and say, I want to have a really bad habit of eating too much sugar. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Bad habit of whatever it is. Um, We have to, and this is work that is very individual to every person, but a lot of it comes from the stories that we've told ourselves over the years or the the experiences that we had early on as children or the things we saw our parents do or the things we saw our caregivers do. Uh, We are a product of our environment, essentially. Mm. And so a lot of our 
our habits come from the different people and the different circumstances that have come into our life over time because when you think about it, we're not living consciously normally as children or often in our you know teen years and our early adult years. We have to develop an awareness and a decision to live consciously and start consciously making our choices and living our life from that place. And if you look back until you make that decision, you're just living according to the circumstances, according to what's there. So in those times, in that unconscious living, your habits are formed. Okay, so mm-hmm. with somebody, if I'm working with a client, we're going to go back and we're going to look at where did that come from. So I'll give an example. Somebody that I was working with recently who was working on overcoming binge eating disorder that she had had her whole life. And as we dug into it, you know, I asked her, or how long have you had this? Uh, struggle with binge eating and she said my whole life and Mm -hmm. I said do you know of age where it really became an issue and and in your mind this is when it started happening for you and she said 13 my Mm -hmm. grandmother and my aunt died in a car accident and my mom was no longer there for me emotionally. She was so emotionally distraught that she, I was basically an abandoned teen. And so at the age of 13, she started turning to food for comfort and emotional healing and, you know, stability because she didn't have that from her mom anymore. And so then, so then with this particular client, we were able to see how this has progressed in her life and and the role that food has played in her life. Uh, And essentially we start looking at her relationship with food and seeing food as a negative thing. And we start to be able to take steps, transform that perspective of food as a healthy, nourishing, wonderful, beautiful thing to be enjoyed. And how can we do that? You know, so it's all connected, but we have really get to the root of our habits it's looking we have to go back and connect the dots and that's where the mental emotional physical spiritual all comes together there's always a deeper root behind a habit than just well I'm a binge eater or I'm a this or I do this you know there's always something Mm -hmm. bigger and uh, that's where it's helpful to work with a guide of some kind. So, yeah, in order to help you figure out the traumas and deal with that. And then the bigger the trauma, bigger the help that you need. So I'll just be clear, I am not a therapist. So this client that I'm using as the example with the binge eating, I'm helping her to an extent Mm -hmm. that I am certified and qualified to do but she's also working with a therapist right who's okay helping her as well so I just want to make that clarification too like make sure that you're getting the help that you need for the level of trauma that you have yeah I understand yeah wow this is really deep it's um it's really a huge subject but I like I myself I feel very inspired right now to implement even more healthy habits than before (laughs) yeah and it's fun right it's yeah it is it doesn't have to be daunting it can be uh, exciting I guess you know yeah it's it's very inspiring thank you so much how can people come in contact with you and how can you help them yeah the best way is go to my website rebelisticwellness.com. You can also find me on social, like on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm on all of the things, but it's all, if you go to my website, you can find your way to all of my different social media accounts through there. So that's the best way. Amazing. You can help them with establishing healthy habits. Absolutely. I 
am a certified holistic health coach. And so I work with people around creating a healthy lifestyle, um, specifically through all the things that we talked about today, um, not making surface changes. So we're not just going to, you know, go on some fad diet and make a surface change. We're going to dig in. We're going to get to the root and we're going to change the story from the beginning so that we can create a sustainable, healthy lifestyle that's going to last. Amazing. Work remotely as well, right? Yes. Most of my clients I see remotely. I have clients. I'm based in St. Augustine, Florida. So if somebody happens to be local, then we can work face-to-face. But most of my clients live elsewhere. I've worked with people all over the world. Mm -hmm. I've had clients in Ireland. I've had clients, you know, all over different places. So, yep. Amazing. Thank you so much, Heather, for being here with us and for this very inspiring conversation. Thank you. This is fun. Now it's your turn. Let me know what health and abundance subjects you want me to cover in the future. Do that by commenting on the post on Instagram. If you want to book a free consultation with me or if you want to be a guest on my podcast, feel free to contact me. You can find my contact information on my website, adakomani.no. Thank you for listening and thank you so much to Heather for being here with us today. If you liked it, please leave a review at podchaser.com. Just search for the podcast and write a good review. If you have questions, please do let me know on Instagram. In the next episode, we'll be talking about womb healing. And remember, you are always creating your health and abundance. What do you choose to create today?